Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. Ooh, excuse me. To another episode of Pixel Hunt, my name is Malcolm Cano, and joining me, as they normally do, are our co-hosts, Mr. Michael Carl. Hello. Mr. James Baker. Yo. And Mr. Atril Salazar. Llama in the house. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. You, uh, those astute viewers of you might be looking at the total time of this uh, recording, or might be looking at the clock right now, listening to this on the radio, and notice that we've started a bit late. Well, it's because uh, I had to fix some problems with the radio, but they're all fixed now. We're all here now. Unfortunately, this episode is going to be a little shorter. We're all fine here now. Everything's How good. are you? Everything's fine now. Everything's completely okay. Yeah. It, it was, was apparently a technical masterpiece of a fix, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was a real... No. Uh, I was very much the, the clueless idiot, and Shannon was trying very hard to, like, doing her best to explain how this worked. I... It's the... Again, it's the tech... It's uh, the thing in the, the heist movie where it's like, okay, we need someone to pull off the, the, the malfunction or reset the system. Who do we have? Oh no! Oh, it's him. <laughs> the tech illiterate. Oh, All right, you got to walk him through it. <laughs> All right, and it's, it's just—it's like that scene in Firefly where Kaylee is gut shot and has to walk Jane through a complicated Ooh. engine procedure. Yep. And you're like, okay, listen, you just like—it's going to be real simple. You just and, like he—he he pulls a, a panel off an engine component. And she goes, now it's going to be real simple. It's a literal rat's nest of wires. And he just looks over at her with this deadpan look of, you have got to be kidding me. My, fa- my favorite is when it's like, cut the red wire. And it's like, there are 16 red wires. Which red They're wire? all wire. red wires. <laughs> or you're colorblind. Speaking of which. Um, yes, that is also, that is the, the, yeah, the bomb defusal squad mate who was colorblind. That is a bad combo. Indeed um, it is. But... We're all here, everything's okay, and we're going to start, even with delays, we're going to start as we normally do with some of the new releases. And, yeah, there we go. Uh, So it looks like we've got, oh boy, Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission coming out on the Switch and PC on April 5th. Dangerous Driving coming out on PS4 and Xbox One on April 9th. Neo Atlas 1469, nice, uh, coming out on the Switch on April 9th. Uh, Shovel Knight Showdown coming out on PS4, Xbox Mm -hmm. One, Switch, PC, and Mac on April 9th. And the Ace Attorney Trilogy coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. uh, As well as, oh boy, ooh, Zankai Zero Last Beginning coming out on PS4 and PC on April 9th. And I'm just going to say this because it's... Earth Defense Force Iron Rain is coming out on the PS4 on April 11th. Isn't that where you fight bugs? Yes. And I figured. one more for Jenny and the Whip. Yep. <clears throat> boot to that. <laughs> and uh, a boot to that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, lovely. So, uh, nice, beautiful, good, good, good sampling of games. I'll be honest, I'm very excited for the Ace Attorney trilogy. I love those games. I love those games so much. Ooh. Why don't you just marry them then? God. <sighs> tried <laughs> i can't can't do that can't marry a a media property not yet i'm mm-hmm. working on it um courtesies so, of pixel hunt yes <laughs> we love all unions here this all this unions. is the hill we're gonna die on every single one this <laughs> weird obscure out of the way hill that i have no <laughs> business dying on 
I will die on it. I feel like you're you're arguing that you do have all the business of dying on this hill. It's my hill to die on. Yeah, you own this hill. This is mine. You uh, are in fact the only one on this hill. Yes. Blood shall be shed. So, um, the 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 story that I want to start off with is actually one that sort of feeds into our larger anthem stuff. Uh, but apparently, according to an extensive report published by Kotaku. Uh, picked up by a couple of different news outlets, uh, there have been uh, allegations and talk of a lot of problems that were happening behind the scenes with Anthem. As with most modern disasters, a lot of people in the aftermath of it are trying to figure out how exactly all these things came about. And it seems like, according to this report, that there was a lot of uh, workplace production issues from shaky leadership, Burned out developers, declining morale, uh, haphazard direction. Bioware has declined to comment, but Kotaku... Oh, excuse me. That Kotaku's inquiries because it believed... The, it, Bioware believed that Kotaku was unfairly cherry-picking certain uh, accounts that were the worst and putting it into the report. We don't know this for sure, but... I'm typically on the side of let's believe the people that say that there were issues at the job place where they work. Maybe. Wait, so Bi- Bioware thinks that Kotaku was biased. Cherry picking. It's cherry picking. Okay. Uh, people in the industry put so much passion and energy into making something fun. We don't see the value in tearing down one another or one another's work, and we don't believe articles that do or that do that are making our industry and craft better. However, Kotaku reported today that after the article's publication, Bioware Studio General Casey Hudson sent out a staff memo addressing the subject and pledging to make things better. So it seems like they they did receive it and read it, they just didn't publicly comment on it. Um, but, but they did comment on the Kotaku article? No, they they didn't they didn't comment at all. They uh, they released a internal staff memo, and that was where they said we believe we we got to do things better. Okay, that where was, did the cherry picking claim come from? It came from, uh, yeah, a Bioware declined to comment on the report for Kotaku. Instead, releasing a blog post before the article went up, explaining that it did not respond to Kotaku's inquiries. Because I believe the site was unfairly singling out certain team members. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So they, they did. They did say the, that the old-fashioned. Okay. They preemptively responded. Yeah. <laughs> so they did respond. In, so in the most, I guess, uh, secretive way. So yeah. And and if I may, I'm gonna. It, it. This is what Bioware released. Okay. We'd like to take a moment to address an article published this morning about Bioware and Anthem's development. First and foremost, we wholeheartedly stand behind every current and former member of our team that worked on the game, including leadership. It take including leadership. It takes a massive amount of effort, energy, and dedication to make any game, and making Anthem would not have been possible without every single one of their efforts. We chose not to comment or participate in the story because we felt there was an unfair focus on specific team members and leaders who did their absolute best to bring this totally new idea to fans. We didn't want to be part of something that was attempting to bring down them to bring them down as individuals. We respect them all, and we built this game as a team. Um, 
As a studio and a team, we accept all criticisms that will come out, come our way for the games we make, especially from our players. The creative process is often difficult. The struggles and challenges of making video games are very real, but the reward of putting some of putting something we created into the hands of our players is amazing. So, um. We received in our intern. Uh, we hear the criticisms that were raised by the people in the piece today, and we're looking at that alongside feedback feedback that we received in our internal team surveys. We put a lot of focus on better planning to avoid crunch time, and it was not a major topic of feedback in our internal postmortems. So, it again, a lot of this feels very controlled, and I am not sure. I, I kind of think that one can find a, a good balance between what Bioware says and uh, Kotaku's report. Um, and to be fair and balanced, uh, TMCR. <laughs> um, so, a couple of things happened with, with the release, but one of the things that uh, Kotaku highlighted was its title. Uh, Anthem was actually going to be called Beyond, but, um, what is it? Uh, it wasn't even, uh, just days before the annual E3 convention in June of 2017, the storied studio Bioware would reveal its newest game. The plan had been to go with a different title, Beyond. They even printed out Beyond t-shirts for the staff. Um, and then they, uh, just be right before E3, um... The word came down the line that securing the rest of the trademark would be too difficult, so Beyond was ruled out, and the leadership qu team quickly switched to one of their backup options, Anthem. But whereas Beyond had been indicative of that Bioware hoped the game would be, you'd go beyond the walls of the fort and into the dangerous wilds around you, Anthem didn't exactly match what they wanted for the game. So... Uh, according to someone in it, they said, everyone was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. What does this have to do with anything? Said one person who worked on the game. Just days before their game's announcement, the team at Bioware had a brand new name that nobody really understood. Such a major last-minute upheaval might seem strange to an outside observer, but on Anthem, it was common. Very few things went right in the development of Bioware's latest game, an online, co and the, uh, an online cooperative shooter that was first teased in mid-2012. That's, but spent years floundering in pre-production. Many, many features weren't finalized or implemented until the very final months, and to some who worked on the project, it wasn't even clear what kind of game Anthem was until that E3 demo in June of 2017, less than two years before it actually came out. Um, yeah. That sounds like a serious organizational problem. Yes, mm -hmm. a, a significant one. Uh, and I'd like to take a quick moment to say we were right. Boom, boom. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's just funny because I feel like it's being reported as if it was a secret yeah, that... to to everyone else outside of Bioware. But... And yet everyone looking at this <laughs> game from the outside was constantly saying, what is this game? Nobody knows what it is. It, it like, seems like a train wreck. Apparently the developers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, like, it's like, well, does it even which, exist? Which we knew. Yes. We knew they didn't know <laughs> because it was so obvious. They weren't releasing anything. And what do you know? They had no idea. They changed the title days before the first press release. <laughs> that is, that's... Well, my biggest thing is that it, the name Beyond has a lot better now. And, Doesn't it's, it sound it, better? Yeah, it sounds a lot better. And I feel like if they, if they didn't have to change the name to Anthem, that... 
Beyond would have been a lot better. And from what I've heard that I've uh, read the article too, uh, they said there's something about like there were supposed to be like multiple bases and stuff. I believe so, yes. Yeah, and it was just like, it like it, the name Beyond just makes sense. You're oh, you're free, you're free roaming around this planet that's trying to kill you, kind of, and stuff. And the, just the whole thing, especially with the name Anthem, like when the story they went with it with the current game we have now seriously doesn't make any sense and it's kind of dumb yeah like oh this thing called the anthem it's right. not really that big so, of a threat yeah, the anthem's like a deep lore reference it's not ex- like it's the anthem of creation in the game mm-hmm. like that but like that doesn't even mean a lot i don't even know what that i is. think they should have made anthem like an army like an like a like there's there's an army that's like an called or, like an organization like server yeah like yeah like a, like a, the, there's an organization called Anthem and there's like the rebels that are going against it like that would have been a way better storyline and would have probably fit this whole world theme type thing because you can just probably like take over other bases and stuff and would which will incorporate like the would, still the same gameplay that you know it would certainly give you some really strong theming elements to work with for a villain. Because mm-hmm. if you have a villain whose thing is Anthem, you are playing right up the fascist alley. Yeah. Like, you can do the whole, like, brightly lit shots from below of soldiers in, like, body combat body armor marching past flagpoles with, you know, streaming banners in the colors of whatever empire. Like, you are right in that sweet spot. And you can just roll with that as your villain's shtick. Yeah. But so, they didn't. We do have to take... Uh, it's... We it's already slightly missed time. it. It's 7.30. So, 7.35, actually. So, guys, it's time for the weather. <laughs> Get Quick ready. Because it's currently 49 degrees Fahrenheit. But, fellas, what does it feel like outside? 45. 45? 42. I was going to say 45. So, 47. It's 46. Ah. Price is right rules. <laughs> Wait, who won? Me? Yeah, yes, you. you yes. Price is right rules. The lowest or the closest one that doesn't go that doesn't over. Go if over. I went into Price is Right, I would never know any of the rules. I'll just yeah, look at everyone. Price is Right, the game show that everyone knows here on this video game podcast. <laughs> Ooh. I'm the young kids. <laughs> you are, yeah, you're not that young. <laughs> I'm so with you. Not that. It is. <laughs> Price is Right is the most thoroughly 80s and 90s it's show. very 80s and 90s. <laughs> you can possibly watch. I think it's still running. Is it? It is. Yeah. Oh, but it wow. still has the same exact 90s weird texture to it. Yep. It Where everyone's never in weird, weird like, costumes. Yeah. And, like, and everyone's a weirdo yep. that shows up. Especially now. Unless the they're people, like who, a, the people a who celebrity still, or actor. Or like, yeah. Um, um, unless you're Aaron Paul yeah, before Aaron Paul. starring in Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yeah, now now everyone who goes on that show is even weirder because they still watch Price is Right. <laughs> so yes. you know they're like really out of it, yeah. separated they're, from they're, reality. They're trying to catch up with, uh, uh, what was that one game show, Steve Harvey? Uh, oh, Family Feud. Yeah, Family Feud. Feud, there we go. Family Fight. Family <laughs> Fight, yeah. Yes. Oh, that buzzer. <laughs> so uh. loud and piercing. <laughs> um, so one of the other things that happened on Anthem's development uh was something called a stress casualty. It's not as horrifying as it sounds. It's still pretty bad, but 
the uh, studio in crisis, dozens of developers, many of them decade-long veterans, have left Bioware over the past two years. Some who have worked at Bioware's longest-running office in Edmonton talk about depression and anxiety, and many say they, they or their co-workers had to take stress leave, a doctor-mandated period of weeks or even months' worth of vacation for their mental health. One former Bioware developer told me they would frequently find a private room in the office, shut the door, and just cry. People were so angry and sad all the time, they said. And another said that depression and anxiety are an epidemic within Bioware. Um, Ouch. Yeah, and a third employee said, I actually cannot count the amount of stress casualties we had on Mass Effect Andromeda or Anthem. Um, someone who had such a mental breakdown from the stress they'd gone through uh, for one to th that they're just gone for one to three months. Some come back and some don't. Um, and it seems like Anthem has given us sadly something we have known about for a long time which is that bioware is is having a significant amount of difficulty uh we saw this after mass effect andromeda and we saw and we're seeing this now after anthem that they like uh it's still there is still like an un unacceptable level of like dropout and developer burnout and just a lot of mismanagement and like you don't want to have stories coming out about your employees just finding a private office and sobbing. And see, this is that's the issue I take with Bioware's response, where it's like, okay, but sure, maybe that's maybe they they chose specific employees, but that means something, right? Those specific yeah. employees yeah. have legitimate grievances. Yeah, like that. Maybe it's it's not like it. Maybe it is not every single person in that company, but like. The fact that any one person in that company feels that way is a problem. No one should have to shut themselves in an office and cry. That that doesn't seem like a thing you should have to do for your job. Well, here's the biggest thing. Like, the question is that we should be asking is how many people have gone through this? Like, how how, how, how many how many people need to have gone yeah, through it for you? Yeah, and not just that. Anybody who works for EA <laughs> is going to be sitting in a room crying. Not jokes aside. Like, honestly, that's. Just work. I, I what was the whole biggest thing? It was like I know EA ended up like stepping in and making a lot of changes or something like that, and it, it's just it's just really stressful. Yeah, it's, it, I, I mean I wouldn't blame them, especially the whole uh, Mass Effect Andromeda thing. I mean, whew, that, that, hearing about all the stuff that went in along with within that that was that was pretty crazy, and I can believe that you know mm -hmm. some people would just kind of get so stressed out because uh, it's it's just yeah it's just a really stressful environment. Um, just working within Bioware, I mean, just all these, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's sad. It's sad to hear this, though, honestly. I don't know. That's all I, I gotta say. I don't, and, like, I I still think, I, I am of the opinion that, like, one is too many. And I, like, if one person feels that way, uh, there's something wrong with the process and you need to reevaluate. I don't, I don't think it's a matter of, like, you know, it doesn't matter if, if not... It, as long as one person feels this way, you have to address it and treat it like it's a very serious problem. Because these are, like, people's lives and livelihoods we are dealing with. We can't afford you, to be, like, if you, so. If you are coming to work crying every day, the temptation is going to be, I just don't feel like it. I'm not going to go into work today. And then guess what? You're not earning money. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. or, the, or, like, to be, like, so burnt out, so out of it, that a you have to be mandated to leave your workplace for months. Like, what? That sounds so damaging. It sounds like a terrible thing. 
Uh, and some people in, like one person in this quote really got to me. Some, some of the people in Edmonton were so burnt out, said one former Bioware developer. They were like, we needed Dragon Age Inquisition to fail in order for people to realize that this isn't the right way to make games. There's a term in Bioware called Bioware magic. It's the belief that no matter how rough a game's production might be, there, things will always come together in the final months. The game will always coalesce. It happened on the Mass Effect trilogy, on Dragon Age Origins, and on Inquisition. Veteran Bioware developers like to refer to production as a hockey stick. It's flat for a while, and then it suddenly jolts upward. Even when a project feels like a complete disaster, there's a belief that with enough hard work and enough difficult crunch, it'll all come together. Ah! That's scary. Really toxic. Ah! That's Ooh. really bad. That... That's... And and the, the, the high-profile failures of Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem, th in my opinion, thankfully, are proving, yes, it's not tenable. You can't keep doing this. You can't just assume that everything's going to coalesce in the end at the expense of developers. At the, at, at the expense and on the shoulders of not only is this like creating so this i take two issues with this one that it's ruining people's lives and two that people are profiting off that ruination that just that sounds like corporate it's repulsive like, evil evilness like at its finest i think at least like you said, Malcolm, it's it's not really profiting, at least in the case of Anthem. Right. No, but not it was nearly as much. Before. Yes, it yeah. was working. It was it, it worked until it didn't. Right. And and but like that's that's, that's the scary. thing. But that it makes should, me feel bad. We should want it to work. Right. This has been happening since Dragon Age. This has been happening. It's been Mac happening since Origins. Like, which, oh God. Origins yeah. Yeah. Happen? Yeah. Origins like happened like two thousand ten. Was it? Did yeah. It? Oh, wow. This has been happening. 2009 like, or 2010. Like, some of the, for some I think of it was 2009. It's been happening for like, oh. Woo! That's scary though. Like, I, di I didn't hear about that part. That's, like, can you that's imagine? Can part. you imagine being in that company and being like, oh my God. 2009. 2009. So, oh, a, a that's decade. It's been a decade, at least. And that's like the release of Imagine origins. how many people got depressed when yes. Dragon Age Inquisition and, became and so a success. Like, so, like, you're depressed. You're really sad. Everything, like, you have to take months off of work, and you're, this development has been an absolute nightmare. And then the game goes out. People love it. It's a giant success. Nothing changes. Every, like, good job. Because everything it. a, is, in the eyes of the development company, like, everything oh, is justified. Yeah, we did it. We got it. Uh, and I, that is, whoo. That's terrifying. That's it's really concerning, especially going forward. In fact, I, I I see the sentiment and I agree of like we need a game to fail. We need a game to fail to prove to say like we can't that's not how we can we can't do it like this. The corporations that are currently dominating this industry have no responsibility, no legal responsibility to the people that they employ. There is nothing in their charters there's nothing in the uh the legislation that governs their action what little legislation there is governing gaming companies actions right now uh that says you need to treat your employees at least this well i mean there's anti-discrimination laws and there's uh workplace 
like safety regulations that are in place nationwide or from state to state, but most of those cover like physical danger to the health of the employee or discrimination based on hiring practices or what have you. There isn't a lot in place to protect workers from being drudgeried to death. Exactly, because it's considered commonplace. It's like, oh, well, you're supposed to work hard, right? Right? Yeah. Yes, but, but not to the point of But there's a difference it. between working hard and being challenged at your job and being overworked and having to take two or three months vacation just to recover your sanity at the yeah, end of your job. I would job. say that's more like the difference of being appreciated and being used. Like, yeah. you're we, not wrong. Huh, yeah, That is a good distinction. Actually, we'll be right back. We have to hear a quick word. We're going to come right back on that. And we're back. Something funny? <laughs> no. No, I, I just... I don't know. It, it sounded weird. It just sounded weird. Um, I was thinking of something in my head. Yeah. Okay. Now you're fine. Cool. Gotta get that out. So yeah, no. As you were saying, please. Yeah, fo yeah. Follow that. I I think you. I agree. Yeah. With that. It's just. Uh, I mean, I mean, you guys. You guys. I think you guys already said it well. Um, it's just the whole sense of, you know, you're working on a game. You know, it's one thing having passion behind a game before, um, compared to someone just like. Oh, like, you know, you're suffering and all that stuff, not listening to you and expecting you to just get a game out, you know, and then expecting, and if it becomes a success, like, oh, you're kind of just failing. I mean, it's like nothing really changes in the environment. And now you have to go back to work and uh, understand that these people are just going to, they're just like, oh, well, it was success. All right, keep working hard. Keep doing what you're doing, you know, and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I just, it really just comes down to that. I mean, when we're feeling it, appreciated and used. It gets... It gets to a point where the corporate rhetoric, the keep doing what you're doing, really means keep suffering so that we can make money off your suffering. Yes, yes. And that's not cool. As as a person who consumes games, I don't like knowing that the games, some of the games I have most enjoyed have, have come to me at the expense of dozens, if not hundreds of people's suffering over bad management and overwork and poor scheduling choices. Yeah. You know what also sucks behind that? Knowing how a game is made and knowing that people kind of suffer just to do that, like, yeah. doesn't that make you, like, want to play the game and, like, not, or in general, like, not want to play the game? Like, in, especially just hearing about all well, this? Because it makes, because on the one hand, you're like, oh, man, I really want to support that. Well, wait a minute. I don't want to support that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I want to. I want to play the game because the experience is enjoyable. But I don't want to be complicit in causing the suffering of all of these developers. And if I'm paying money to this corporation to experience this game, they are profiting off of. Like I, I am giving them my money. I am giving that corporation profit. I am justifying for in their eyes the suffering that they put their employees through. Yeah, that's not cool for me. Yeah, that cool for And anyone. I don't like finding out how many years after the fact that that's what I did with all of the money that yeah. I have now thrown I mean, into the Dragon really, Age uh, franchise. I mean, I would mean, say, yeah. like, you can't really blame yourself on that sense because we didn't really know about exactly. this until Nobody now. Nobody knew. Yeah. No, but 
being motivated by guilt is how I get anything done right. in this world. That is true. That so is true. So if I want to actually like contest <laughs> the something, spirit of guilt motivation. Yeah, that, that's literally for me though. Like if I yeah. want to do something, I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, oh, I've not been doing this. I'm becoming a failure. All this, you know, I need to get out there and start doing it. Oh, you know, boy. let me start. Let me start. You know, instead of talking about it, let's start doing it and stuff. And and that's literally how I feel myself. And I'm kind of glad that we have this. You know this article coming out and stating all this because no one knew about this until now like unless you part were unless you talked to an well, actual bioware well, yeah. employee no, people knew about this it was the people who worked at bioware yeah but say if, unless you knew someone from bioware themselves and they were probably what makes you think that they were probably not disclosed just a speculation out there by the way just not like facts or anything but imagine yeah. um like what makes you think that they weren't they were probably told not to talk about this outside the job because they knew it was so even, aware. I don't think it was that like sinister. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Again, I don't, speculation. I don't I don't believe it was. I believe it was more of like, well, like you want to be a team player and the games are a success, so like why would you want to come out and, and A, you don't want to rock the boat and lose yeah. your job because Bioware's a big name company. Exactly. Like B, I'm working at Bioware. This is my dream. If you're in an abusive situation, in a lot of way, in a lot of abusive relationships, people find ways to justify the actions of their abusers. Right. Yes. Crunch yes. time is a complete. That's a made-up concept that shouldn't happen. That, like, people talk about like it's a it's not a normal thing and it shouldn't be a normal thing and it's not okay. That, that is. It that shouldn't is, be a part of game development. That is. But like crunch time, it's like sorry. Let's that's look. just the corporation saying it has to be done by this time. It doesn't though. Like if if they just. This is part of the hype circle that we've talked about before. Yeah, where the, the corporation says it's going to be done on this day yep. and starts drumming up hype. But they pick a day that's too soon. Yeah. And so all of the development team is like, oh. or if they just let the Sorry, game come out at the time at which it is ready, rather mm-hmm. than saying it's going to be here and like generating this schedule that doesn't actually work for the developers maybe they could actually develop games that would be better. It's all about the like, money. Yes, it is. But, in, so like, in uh, August of 2014, they were continuing to work on a prototype of the game. Everything was going well. Started production in 2012. Two years later, they had had, they had invented a prototype where a bunch of, it's supposed to be like a bunch of dynamic systems in this world, and you could pull a lot of internal level levers and get a bunch of different environmental things to happen. Pretty cool concept. And then their leader, Casey Hudson, who had directed the beloved Mass Effect trilogy and was supposed to be the creative director on Anthem, was departing. The foundation of our new IP in Edmonton is complete, he wrote in a letter to the studio, and the team is ready to move forward into pre-production on a title that I think will redefine interactive entertainment. John Warner, a relatively new hire who had worked for Disney before joining EA in 2011, took on the role of game director. And Bioware veterans like to describe Casey Hudson's Mass Effect team as the Enterprise from Star Trek. They all did what the captain said, and they were all laser-focused on a single destination. By comparison, they called the Dragon Age team a pirate ship meandering from port to port until it reached its final destination. And in this case, they lost their Jean-Luc Picard. They didn't have what the the thing. There is no accounting in the development process for your creative director leaving the, a project. Like for you the can't influence of fa- the leader. You cannot factor that into a into a release date. Mm-mm. Not at all. I mean, that's so, scary. The I mean, it's like. Having the main dude that was driving you now leave, it's just like you kind of left her like, oh. Imagine, if you will, for just a moment, um, 
having, um, let's say you are in the middle of a semester taking a college class in like really, some really advanced class, like whatever your major is, imagine you're like top of your class, you're taking the 4,000 level honors classes, you're 5, like 5,000 level <laughs> honors class, like you're, you're doing, you, you, you petitioned your way into a graduate level class. Yes. Uh, and middle of the semester, like right before the uh, midterms, your professor announces, oh, by the way, I'm going to work at this other university now, so uh, this guy who we just brought in from some company in a city a hundred miles away is going to come over and take over the class. I'm like, that's not... Like, uh, what? what? Bar? You spent... Or like, and now imagine you've, you've, being you've in spent... a class for two years and working on projects for two years with someone. And right. it's like, oh, they're gone now. Yeah. It's a and new it, person. You know, you're... Your professor's gone, and suddenly your midterm's been completely rewritten based around a textbook you've never read. Ooh, that's actually. Ooh. I like now that. what? I like that's a good analogy. analogy. I like. Yeah, I like that. That was pretty good. I I will say, do credit to creative directors on all games, but I think yes. we should maybe try to move away from them as like this professor role, right? Where they are teaching everyone, and is instead like the the guiding hand. Yeah, they are. The, remember, yeah. it is the developers who are ultimately making the game and putting it together. Mm-hmm. It's not quite like a college class where you're just learning from a right. teacher. Yes. It is, yeah, very much kind of it's, like... It's a, collaborative. It the analogy a, breaks down at that level. But yes. Yes. Especially, I just, especially I, for the yes. situation. But to be, you were right. To because be I do it too. Yes. Just because like I play Dark Souls and I'm like, man, Miyazaki is such a genius. And you're like... Eh, and it's like, okay, but he has an entire team of people, you know animating, programming all these right. things, coming up with ideas themselves, and I'm sure a ton of the aesthetic value that comes out of that entire series doesn't come directly from Miyazaki. But still, like, he gets all the credit. He deserves a lot of the credit, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like, so everyone deserves be, the yeah. credit. So, I would say, like, the team instead of just Miyazaki. Yeah. There is... This is also, this gets me too. One Bioware developer who hadn't yet moved to the Anthem team recalled hearing those colleagues talk about how much better they had it than the people who were stuck on Mass Effect Andromeda, which was at the time going through serious struggles thanks to technical challenges and significant directional changes. Surely they thought that couldn't happen to Anthem. We took so much time to get the experience correct, said another person who worked on the game. I think that's why morale was so high. I knew we had taken the time to really refine what we wanted the ga- what we wanted the game to be about. Now we just had to go out and produce it. Ooh. Whoops. Yeah, whoops, whoops indeed. Wasn't that also the big thing with the reason why uh, that Andromeda and Anthem kind of was in the failing state? And also the really stressful state within the actual development process was the fact that the EA kept pushing the Frostbite engine too. Yeah, the Frostbite engine and they were like, alright, so like Dragon Age Inquisition people, uh, congratulations, you're going jumping onto Anthem's boat. And like, uh, oh yeah. (laughs) Whoo! I mean, if you look at Star Wars Battlefront 2, the Frostbite engine is like, at its greatest, if you look at it now, I mean, as you do know, Battlefront 2 is actually really good right now. I just want to point that out. Is it? Uh, yeah, it's actually in a really decent state right now. No and longer, they, they took out all the pay to win, all that stuff. It's now grind to win, boys. So, yeah, just letting you know ahead of time. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> hey, if hey, you're into that, I just watched a I'm whole thing about it. I'm so, impressed yeah. they took out the loot boxes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's six months better. after the game uh, released. <laughs> good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, how brave of them. 
six yeah. months mm. after the game. There so. you go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how could you do something so controversial yet so brave? Sorry. I'm just pointing that out. No, you're fine. But no. uh, but but the example of that is that the Frostbite engine was built for FPS shooters, aka Battlefront 2, and in any other game that uses Frostbite, the Frostbite engine. Well, they tried pushing that on um, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Problem was, that's not really a sense of a first-person shooter, and it wasn't really built for that. The things that they wanted inside the game, Frostbite couldn't do, especially for on like especially not for online, but like the especially a game like Anthem with the whole flying mechanic. That I know from what I've heard, the flying mechanic was like it. It's gone through like so many iterations because they had to. Uh, one, if they change one thing in Anthem, especially the fact when they went from Beyond to Anthem, they had to figure out a whole nother story and figure out how this is going to incorporate with this. And every time, every time the Frostbite engine couldn't handle something, they had to adjust it to that. Yeah. So which which changes everything do you else. Wanna, do you want to know about some serious jank? Ooh, tell me. Ooh, get ready. So some serious jank includes the starting guns are the most powerful guns in the game. Yep. Why you ask? Well, it's because the actual stat that contributes to the power of the gun actually has nothing to do with anything on your character sheet. It's a hidden value that because they didn't want people to to have to struggle too much with the dinky gun, the dinky starting gun, they just ratcheted like it scales harder than anything else in the game with your level. So end game, you actually the the loot based shooter actually rewards you for, for not saving your junk first initial gun. Oh, hello there. Wow. Yo, what's Look up? who showed up. All right. <laughs> the party. Please have a seat. This working? Yes, it should. I hear it. Oh my gosh. What's this? Tyler Durr, and you're only an hour late. <laughs> Welcome. I'm just kidding. A, a new challenger has appeared. A wild Tyler Good to see you. We were just talking about Anthem. Catch them all. A game that doesn't exist? No. So, like, there's a lot of jank. And, like, there's... A, a Kotaku recently came out with a uh, an article that's kind of, like, talking to specific developers. And what we found out was that, like, uh, the, the cycle that we've seen uh, has been happening a lot more. Especially on games back in, like, Dragon Age Origins. Hmm. It was happening. And people were uh, burning out. And there was something called uh, stress casualties. Where people would have to take doctor-mandated weeks, months uh, off of work. And sometimes they wouldn't come back. But the games were all... Like, the Mass Effect trilogy, super popular, super profitable. Uh, Dragon Age uh, Origins, super popular. Everyone loved it. And so, like, it just kept going. And now we're getting a lot of perspective that it's like... This has been a, a long-standing issue. And I was just explaining how uh, the starting gun in Anthem is actually the most powerful... Uh, because their engine is so <laughs> rickety that, like, <laughs> the value, the hidden value that actually, like, controls the majority of your damage that acts as a multiplier, like, doesn't have anything to do with gameplay or stats. It's just an arbitrary, like, imaginary, uh, an arbitrary value that you can't actively look at. Um, it's a hidden value within the game that characters and players can't see, right. but that exists in the code. And so if you equip your starting gun, the first gun that the game gives you, at max when level. you start playing yeah. at max level, it is more powerful than the vast majority of, of other weapons. Of like game. masterwork and like the best tier loot. Well, that sounds like bad game design. Yes. Wait, can you talk again, please? Yes. Well, I think your mic's okay. a little bit off thing on the little fuzzy part. 
Yes. Okay. That's it. One more time? One more time. There we go. There we go. One more time. Sorry, I just got to put your One gain up. Hmm. But, uh... Celebrate. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, it's... uh, I mean, correct me. Well, not correct me, but tell me if I I've said correct. something. Oh, I know you will. But tell me if I'm just reiterating something you've already said, but this sounds like like if it's been going on since like Origins and before that. Yeah, this sounds like a problem of the industry and lack of regulation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey it's like you, it's like you're just Tuning coming right into this exactly. conversation. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> with us all the time. <laughs> well, I'm considering the fact that we're around each other so much. Yeah. I would assume that. And that also, makes sense. You know. You also missed it uh, at the very beginning of the show. The radio wasn't working. And I had to like, I had to call Shannon up and like she had to work, she had to explain to me how to reset the, the system by going into the glass doors over there. And Shannon's a hero. <laughs> yes, he told she us is. to cut the wire yeah. situation. By the way, I don't know. Yeah, God bless you, Shannon. Way to go. You, you keep things running. Thank, Thank you, you for Shannon. saving the show tonight. Yeah, thanks. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, it, it's. So, so where we were, we're just going through like the the development process, uh, and like so, like in 2014, two years after the game was starting to get developed, they lost their creative lead. Um, like he he left and was replaced with someone from Disney. Um, oh, for well, somebody who yeah. somebody who came from Disney to EA, yes. and then was put in charge of this project in in, in Anthem. And like, or how the game was actually going to be called Beyond, but like a couple weeks before the E3 showcase, uh, they, the it was too hard for them to get the the trademark, so they were like, it's Anthem now. So you mean to tell me that Donald and Goofy might be an Anthem somewhere? No, you need to. No, that is not. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. And no, they will not. Maybe we don't know. Unconfirmed. You don't know that. Kingdom Anthem Hearts and Kingdom Hearts. And they they might be in there as whited out blurs. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like that Floating good old Winnie. Space. Mm. So, on the subject of, like, engines not built for flying, because um, you were talking about Frostbite oh, and Anthem. Yeah, sorry. And, yep. like, By the way, for those notes. of you joining us at the top of the hour, you're listening to KRUI 89.7 FM, Iowa City. Go ahead. Um... The original World of Warcraft was entirely two-dimensional. Like, you Whoa. could jump. That was the most three-dimensional that game got, mm -hmm. was you got, like, okay. a foot of airtime, and then you fall back to the ground. Yeah. But there were no flying mounts yes. in base WoW. Hm. It wasn't until the first expansion came out that... The um, Crusade. Yeah, that we got flying mounts. And the flying mounts didn't work in the old world for the longest time. Ooh. There were... It, it didn't even start working until Cataclysm. Yeah, it wasn't until Cataclysm that we got flying in the original territories of World of Warcraft. Get real because finicky. they had to go back and reprogram the entirety of the old world. Yeah. And they mm. didn't want to do that and keep the same old quests. So they decided, all right, we're going to have the Cataclysm and we're going to shake up every single zone in the world. Whether oh, with earthquakes and they use or that volcanic as the eruptions, of like, but also under the hood, they were like, we also. But also have to under rewrite. the hood, we're rewriting the entirety of oh, it. No. So yes. they took like the landmass and imported that. I mean, I assume imported. I have no Jeez. idea how they actually did That's it, but they reworked the code to allow for three-dimensional movement of player characters, mm -hmm. yep. rather than just the two-dimensional movement that was originally programmed into the game. Ooh. It took them the period of 
two expansions worth of development time to A, go, the players really want this, we should do something to give it to them, and B, oh god, how are we gonna do this? Oh, good lord. Well, um, if you notice that, and oh, well, um, I mean, speaking to Jim about this, I mean, you guys want to know probably, but in Wrath of the Lich King, um, in Wrath of the Lich King, the whole area was made just for flying. They, it, they actually had to incorporate flying like as a main basis of getting around that's why you got like a lot of large area masses and stuff and really tall buildings you can't really get in there through like a stairway there were several areas that were like little tiny eerie bases accessible only by flying because they were embedded in the middle of a cliffside yep like if you tried to get to them any other way you were jumping off a cliff to your Ulduar, death Ulduar and the on uh, the dungeons around it Ulduar and the dungeons around it the like a lot of the quest zones in ice crown yeah like yeah and uh, even even you're not getting there without flying we're on uh, king you no you could have you actually could no fly. you had you had to get to dalaran and you had to be yeah. high enough level to purchase cold it was weather 75 it was I remember that one now i remember that one but yeah still like, it was just, it was such a big deal. But again, back to the whole Anthem situation, which correlates to World of Warcraft, it's just like... In a way. Yeah, in, yeah, in a way, but like, <laughs> I could say that it's, it was a one, they had to adapt to it, like, in the sense of, like, they had to change everything to do it. Yeah. And they and, had to, they did, they did that sort of adaptation over the space of one game's worth of development, yes. not two World of Warcraft expansions, which are in themselves large development projects. Yes. Big boy. Yes. Big, big boy development. $10,000 development. By the way, <laughs> uh, you know that guy who joined in 2014? Uh, mm -hmm. He left in 2016. Ooh. Yep. Joined what? Uh, so the guy who... The developer. Came, the guy who came the, on as the... The creative as, director. As the creative director in 2014 oh. left in 2016. In early 2016 yes. because uh, as time passed, I didn't feel keen to play the game that I was working on. He told me, which led to new writers for Anthem and a total story reboot. Even more chaos happened. As you can imagine, writing at Bioware sets the foundation for all games. When writing is unsure of what it's doing, it causes a lot of destruction to a lot of departments. Andromeda. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yes. Yeah, Andromeda was one of them. Ooh, that has to hurt. Like, so... It, if you don't like the game so much that you can't even play it. Like... So after two directors, the job of steering Anthem came to a creative leadership team, a group of people that included the game director, John Warner, design creator, Preston uh, Watamanuik, art director, Derek Watts, animation director, Parrish Lay, and a handful of other Mass Effect veterans who had been on Anthem since the beginning. So, like, and then it just became a big council. And, and now it's again, a group think I'm, exercise. I'm a, I'm gonna, That's going to be even better. What is it? Mass Effect joke. Council. Nothing happens. You get it. <laughs> we, how you, you know how useless the council is. We denied you, the, oh, we denied the existence of the Reapers. Uh, maybe they'll <laughs> uh, yes. go away. Reapers. Let, let's be real We here. have dismissed that. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Let's be, let's be real. Let's, Any, what was the word he used? We have dismissed that. That claim. That claim, yes. Yeah, well, oh, yes. Reapers. We have dismissed that claim. But here's the biggest thing. Any store with a council inside it, you know they're never going to do it, anything. Isn't yep. it goofy that, like, the people who worked on Mass Effect made a council? Yeah. <laughs> they are the council. There must have been at least one person who was like, wait a minute. Hold on. What have we become? Are we getting anything done? Uh, and we're wait. denying the Reapers. Where's our shepherd? <laughs> Where's our shepherd? And wait, the Reapers are paying us? <laughs> The Reapers are EA, remember? Oh my god! 
<laughs> the Reapers, they truly have their tentacles in everything. So oh. a bunch of people who worked, so like a, a lot of Bioware employees started to get really resentful because people were like, oh, nothing's happening. The root cause of all this was that lack of vision, said one former Bioware developer. What are we making? Please tell us. The recurring theme was there was no vision. There was no clarity. There was no single director saying, this is how it all works together. They never seemed to settle on anything. They were always looking for something more, something new. If only they were Bethesda, it just worked. I think most people on the team felt that we didn't know exactly what the game was or what it was supposed to be because it kept changing so much. The most common anecdote relate to me by current and former Bioware employees was this. A group of developers are in a meeting. They're debating about some creative decision, like the mechanics of flying or the lore behind the Scar alien race. Some people disagree on the fundamentals, and then, rather than someone stepping up and making a decision about how to proceed, the meeting would end with no real verdict, leaving everything in flux. And that would just happen over and over. Stuff would take a year or two to figure out because no one really wanted to make a call on it. That's, That's horrifying. So, uh, oh, wow. where's leadership, and why aren't they fired? It's a council of people. Uh, you need a leader. Because, exactly. <laughs> well, they had two leaders step away from the project the and didn't bother to appoint a third. So at that point, it's on upper management, not like the direct leadership Imagine of the project. Imagine the morale just like sinking. Like, yes. Like just Imagine oh. working, and it's like, hey, man, listen. We need to make a an executive decision on the lore because I need to talk to Art about design for these guys. Can we agree on something? And so he just like, what? What are we doing? There is one guy, I bet you, who was like, no, I disagree. I want ducks inside Amber. Hey, no, you listen. I like this lore and we're not going to change this lore. Listen, man, we have to make a decision on it. So we have to come to an agreement. Sorry, I just want this lore. Nope. No ducks, no anthem. <laughs> Donald Duck? So, yes, one early idea was that there would be multiple cities, which eventually turned into one city. And player-created outposts, which eventually turned into one city. <laughs> and a mobile strider base, which eventually just became a, a single fort, the same city. Fort Torses. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yelling so much. But, but, but you have to under the... But in, uh, listeners, you have to understand the, the, the situation that... that Well, not to say we're in, but they're in... Or they were in at the in the sense of making anthem, and they actually because of the whole sense of all this stuff, this uh, this flu nanny that was going on within anthem, uh, it caused it. What I said, flu nanny. Okay, I'm not familiar I'm, with that word. But. Uh, oh no, it's a word I made up. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, all, all right. this flu nanny that was going on. <laughs> I'm sorry. What like exactly it. does it mean? Oh, it it's just means it, like all this stuff. Oh, okay. Like you know, it's just a random. It's just a funny word, a funny way of saying stuff. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's you like try, a, you trying this out or yeah, just trying it out. You know, all right. it's gonna become a thing. It's you know, for the kids. <laughs> kids, the kids will understand. We have it's to like, stay hip. Stay <laughs> hip and groovy. I'm sorry. I don't think we ever were. Yes, it's Whoa. <laughs> Not yet. So. He's very for hip. your The hippest. <laughs> Super wizard. Super. <laughs> so Dude, very wizard. I am an Arcanist fanboy, and that just, no, that no. didn't fly. Don't ever say very that Very tubular. Totally radical. Tubular. Radical, dude. Sorry, continue. But yes, but because of this, this is the reason why the DLCs are taking so long to or make. Or why they promised them in the first yes, place. Yes, it's why they promised free DLC <laughs> DLC was the whole sense of just 
They understood that the whole process was jank in the first place. Hey, where's the game? We're going to make free DLC. What was the main things you guys mentioned on your Anthem episode? You that guys is exactly what we you said. Guys said. You guys even said to yourself, like, what, what is Anthem? Like, we don't know what Anthem yeah. is. They, because they didn't know either. And it all makes sense. It all makes sense now. Oh, my head hurts. Why the gods you have placed the wrath against them. Can you imagine being one of the developers on release day? which you've been looking forward to for so long is just the end of this endless nightmare of drudgery. And then suddenly the game is a flop it's, and everybody's panning you yeah. and you have to panic to get DLC out the door oh. to fix this horrible abomination that you I have spawned. I don't think they were panicking. I think they were sighing in relief. I, I would because I'd be like, finally. Finally, we're gonna have to change because it's no longer profitable. We have to do something different. EA can send us uh, all into the backyard and put us down individually. That got remarkably old yeller. Real fast. Oh boy, that's going into the supercut. Jesus Christ. <laughs> title for the Whoa. title for the show. <laughs> Speaking Good of Lord. which, if you want to listen to more of the show. Yeah, if you Oh. Nice show. Oh, nice show. That was good. Oh, uh, well done. Nice. If you want to listen to more of the show, or you like what you hear now, or you want to hear us yell and rant about things, or show, or just hear about how right we were, <laughs> you can check out our previous episodes on SoundCloud. And if you just look up Pixel Hunt on SoundCloud, you should be able to find us. Uh, we'll be the ones check with little chippy versions of ourselves. Yes, go check out go check out our, our little bit we did on Anthem. Does Anthem even exist? Yeah. Where yes. we... And if you, and where if you we ask these same questions a couple of weeks ago. And if you want to throw your own opinions or your own preferences of the situation, head on to Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Find me at Hunt on the Twits. Best clairvoyance around. Yes, and if you want, leave a comment, like, subscribe, I don't know. Do Smash the that like button. Smash <laughs> that MF like button, please. <laughs> that monkey fighting or, like button. Or Malcolm's kids aren't eating today. That's right. I have 12 children. And none of them eat unless and I get... they're all named Malcolm. Unless I get a hundred views on a video. They a hundred? They, exactly. They haven't eaten ever. Man, you must have really <laughs> lowered the bar. Yes, I did. Those some strong kids. Uh, lower the bar <laughs> and uh, trip over it. Um, so... <laughs> okay. Like, should we, should we call someone? So, like... it took... Yeah. What do you mean? Should we call someone? Child like child protective services? No. Oh no, no, it's no. okay. They're dead. No, <laughs> they are dead. Yeah, they are dead. Uh, we might, we might need someone to come take a look at the basement. Don't worry, we don't have a basement. The, we wait, have a children's wait, center. The, the youth center? <laughs> Our basement. And controversy sparks within Pixel. We actually, we do have a children's center below us. This is not oh. controversial. This is well known. We talk about this all the time. It's like. Don't investigate. Our us. 12 children that we all share collectively and have never fed. I right. didn't sign anything. Yay, alternate I family just, structure. It's, it's an implicit agreement. You, know, you might not remember the conversation, on the but lease, it happened. Did you remember? Did you read the, the full lease? Because on the back I wrote like a couple yeah. of extra it was, things. It was a write-in. Was that, <laughs> yeah? Is that is that legal? I, I did write it and signed oh. it. Legal? I will make it legal. Um, <laughs> he can't but, do that. Someone arrest him. <laughs> wait, wait, he can't. Somebody <laughs> call the police. So, I am the police. Give me a better police. Um, so, That's even when a decision was made, it would take weeks or months for the council to implement it. I also like referring to them as just the council. 
Oh, just imagine did they how long the DLCs are gonna take. Who did they implement the Genophage on? Great question. The customers? No, it was the, the Dragon Age Orge. The, sad <laughs> the Dragon thing, Age Inquisition. The developers. sad thing was, they couldn't actually empower a Spectre to just act. Yes. No. We, they needed a Shepherd. <laughs> no, but it was just they went, through, they went through two Shepherds. You know, just hearing all this makes Bethesda sound a lot better than... Well, no, it no, sounds no. like they went through an Anderson, and then a Shepherd, and then... Saren. He didn't show up because a, he was already tainted by a, EA. a bunch of Saren. Just send in a Reaper and, and say, oh, that's, that's your new Shepherd for the day. And then, then it, just like every every managerial it's decision it's was just... It's as if Shepherd <laughs> we um, halfway through the first game was like, I don't like where this is going, and left. <laughs> the council was just like, all yeah. right. Today, EA put these weird things on our desks that like whisper things to us occasionally. But they're always contradictory things, and none of it makes sense. And we keep having to restart the project and adjust to different objectives. Some of them contrary to the ones that we had at the beginning. And yeah, I, this sounds like this sounds like if if like you know the you know the choice system they have in all Bethesda games or most Bethesda games. Oh, choices. I, yeah, yeah. Choice. <laughs> choices in a Bethesda game. Whoa. I'm sorry, no Bethesda. Uh, yes sorry. or Bioware, sarcastic in, in a Bioware game. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Choices in a Bioware game. I feel like you remember you guys mentioned how if you put it on ran if you, they had a thing that puts it on random you just get a really janky like ending. That's basically the whole development of Anthem at the moment. It was just it was put on randomized and everything just happened randomly. It was put yeah. on randomized and then about halfway through the randomizer broke and stopped selecting options. So, they didn't yeah. have there's also a, a just a pulled out quote from a Bioware developer I'd really love to read for you guys. Uh, Frostbite is full of razor blades. Former Bioware developer. Told you. Told yes. you. Yes. Their galactic Frost. readiness wasn't high enough. It was. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, that's so like right in the heart. Part of the part of the trouble was that you could do enough in the engine to hack it to show what was possible, <laughs> but when you but then get to the get the investment behind it and get it actually done, taking it, it to actually get it done took so much longer, and in some cases you just run into a brick wall. Then you realize, oh my god, we can only do this if we invent the, reinvent the wheel, which is going to take too long. So it was sometimes difficult to know when to cut and run, says one developer. Sometimes the frostbite engine was so jank that you could, like, the only way you could show investors how to, that it would work was if you, like, messed around with it and did some, like, dirty code and, like, as eh, kind of works. It was uh, just glue. don't just don't turn the camera too fast. It was glue and tape that literally was put together. Yeah. This whole game was put together on glue and tape. It was more of like yeah, it was like a cardboard background that they would just like imagine all the systems up. in this thing was just, just has glue and tape to it. It's actually it's it's not even close to the first game that's been released in that state. No, no, not at all. Yeah. And that's the worst part. Yeah, well, because... I think the worst part is that the reason this game is getting so much attention and especially so much attention is being directed to the development team is because it's a miracle that it came out. Where, where but this has happened countless times before yes. and the game doesn't come out. It's just that's that's what development hell is. People talk about it all the time. Right. And it's been like this for a long time. So people are just wondering, how did this game even come to fruition? Right. Indoctrination. Wait, sounds like my financial life. <laughs> Retweet. Development <laughs> hell. Development hell. Sounds um, like my adulthood. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Retweet. Subscribe. Ooh, all right. Ooh, I'm putting that in the title. 
<laughs> Sounds like my adulthood. <laughs> New episode. Uh, it's hard. It's hard enough to make a game. Said a third Bioware developer. It's really hard to make a game where you have to fight your own tool set all the time. Yep. It's like Sounds like classes. my adulthood as well. <laughs> yeah, literally. If, it, if so, the adulthood was actually a Street Fighter character. Oh, that's what it feels Blanca. like. Street Fighter boss. <laughs> Blanca. I'm fighting Blanca my entire life. It's just not a chance. <laughs> it's got like 400 pounds on me. Or a Yakuza boss with multiple health bars. Oh, oh yeah. True. It's gross. So, yeah. so every, every day I wake up, go out into the world, and have to fight Deathwing. So, when a Bioware engineer had questions or wanted to report bugs, they'd usually have to talk to EA's Central Frostbite team, a group of support staff that worked with all the publisher studios. Within EA, it was common for studios to battle for resources like the Frostbite team's time, and Bioware would usually lose those battles. After all, role-playing games brought in a fraction of the revenue of a FIFA or a Battlefront. Uh, the amount of support mm. you'd get at EA on Frostbite is based on how much money your studio's game is going to make said one developer all of Bioware's best laid technological plans could go awry if they weren't getting the help they expected sorry can I just say why is a sports video game that just pushes out the same thing just updated graphics and rosters because the net code for the frostbite engine is so finicky that you gotta you gotta get them sweats because of the money well no but what he's asking is why is that the thing that's profitable when really the games aren't any different from year to year there's not really anything new going on there it's just different rosters and better graphics because because it's famous yeah it's easy it's 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 literally easy i don't need soccer as a sport is so powerful around besides in america outside of america it is so powerful like the the things the soccer companies can do is insane well yeah. yes but like they do other sports games too which i'm sure are just as lucrative right yeah, i so, don't get but it but that's the but, point but that and like battlefront battlefront got a star lot wars yeah so yeah it's better now yes yeah <laughs> yes. sorry i get star wars and battlefield yes confused sometimes. uh so by the end of 2016 anthem had been in pre-production for four years oh just, just take it out back. Four years. <laughs> like, see, that's the thing they didn't. And that, they should and, have. And, and, and that's back. apparently, according to some developers, that's when they started feeling like they were in trouble. When pre-production took four years, two creative directors, and a council. Put an F in chat, boy. They're like, we're holding a town meeting. And then everyone was like, oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> It's no. like holding a town meeting. It's Either after, someone's going to get after killed. After the or... town has burned down or while the town is burning down. And you're in a, just a, a burning building. And people are like, do you think maybe the town's burning down? And you're like, oh, my goodness. Look around you. Well, maybe we should so, have a town meeting to oh. find out. <laughs> so, uh, so is the town burning? Let's get some water. So in the, <laughs> in the meeting a, room... Uh, I need an expert opinion, please. Uh, or like, yeah, in the meeting room, you'd be like, I disagree, it's not burning. Oh my God, all right. They well, just have a just... stage, and they're like, all right, Dave, get up here. We know you haven't been performing. Someone get the noose. <laughs> Everyone, all right. you all have to watch. He is an example. Off with his head. <laughs> yeah. Get the guillotine. Also, whenever anyone talk, brought up Destiny... The senior leadership would get very upset. Ooh. We were told quite definitively, "This isn't <laughs> destiny," said one developer. But it kind of is. When you're describe what you're describing is beginning to go into that realm. They didn't want to make those correlations, but at the same time, when you're talking about fire teams and going off and yeah. doing raids together about yeah. gun combat, spells, yeah. and things like that, that 
That's yep. destiny. Yep. And That's it would destiny. elicit negative responses from studio leadership whenever you brought up the fact that, like, it's almost like they didn't want to recognize the fact that they were not only in a hole technologically, but creatively. It wasn't, like, it's not unique enough. It's literally just Gundam Destiny. Well, here's the thing. Destiny, <laughs> Destiny, well, it caught, caught flack in a sense, just being a first-person Warframe. And then literally, and then literally when Anthem came out, I mean, even I, myself was like, so basically this is just a more realistic Destiny. So this is actually <laughs> something pretty cool. But one long-standing Bioware tradition is for their teams to build demos that the staff could all take home during Christmas break. And it was Anthem's turn during Christmas of 2016. By this point, Bioware's leadership had decided to remove flying from the game. They just couldn't figure out how to make it feel good. So the Christmas build took place on flat terrain. You'd run through a farm and shoot some aliens. <laughs> and some of the team thought it was a successful proof of concept, but others at Bioware said it felt dull and looked mundane. Funny how, yeah. the, how, funny how the game came out and it's still dull and mundane. So. A concept like that could be ran on like... A PlayStation 1. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what if I were to tell you that the flying mechanics in Anthem weren't officially decided upon until mid-2017 into 2018? Didn't I say that earlier? Why? Well, I didn't say that. They were on... Because it was so finicky. I'm sorry, but without that, the game would have nothing. Yep. That's Frostbite is not designed for flying. It took them that long to decide, we do actually want to he push ahead with creating a flying game in an engine specifically designed not to do that. Yeah. What, what about what about Battlefield? Hmm? Battlefield. That's Frostbite. Yeah, but there's yeah. flying with you planes fly, you and fly stuff. jets and yeah, yeah. And planes. But, yeah. but wasn't that not in uh wasn't that not in uh Frostbite? That was Frostbite. That was Battlefield's Frostbite? always been Frostbite. Oh, well, well, it was mainly FPS since but three, I, yeah. But, no, since 2. But the flying in that game is not the focus of the of not the focus of the engine. It's not the no. main focus of the gameplay. I don't know if it's the focus of of uh, anthems, either it's a component. It, it is about to say because you could fly. Yeah, well, yeah, majority could fly. of anthem is in the air. Yeah, but say like because the way the way anthems flying works is way different from flying like a, a mechanic of flying a plane in a well, sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. But and so then, what are you what are you trying to say in that it's not built for it? Like as how in, so? Oh as, no, it's not that. No, no, no. It's not that it's not built for it. They just cut it and re-added it. Many well, times. well, look at the flying mechanics they have in Anthem right now. The For way some, you can go underwater, just, the way you can go They just struggled a lot because whenever they would make any any small change in the com in the system, like uh, uh, one of the reasons they took it out of the Christmas demo was because it, it didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay. sure they might have been yeah. able to get it. So I, it probably wasn't a problem with the engine then. It's just that they couldn't get it. It it it, uh, it was and it wasn't because like yes, it was a problem, but also be, it is because so much of it was so slapdash that the moment you tried to change any little thing, it would just fall apart. Yeah, right. And you had to re and you, you had to, you had to adapt to it. Uh, all the other systems of the game. And then E3 2017 happened, which showcased dynamic environments, flying, and a bunch of stuff. That wasn't really part of the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just random stuff. See, the original concept of Anthem, actually funny, and I don't know if you're going to say this a little bit further on, but the original concept of Anthem, or should I say Beyond, was that the world... Remember the little, like, storm stuff they had on the beginning of the, the whole the gameplay chatter and all that stuff? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, that was so actually was that, was, that was supposed to be a dynamic uh, thing of the game, and the game wasn't supposed to be about, of course, an uh, Anthem object. It was supposed to be the world around you that's trying to kill you, and you just have to get out, herb, go out, get get materials and upgrades, and then herb, get back to base, 
and people can activate these things that are like the weather like the the weather like things where it, it starts destroying the area but you have a higher chance of getting loot you have uh, more dangerous monsters come yep, in like dynamic environments yeah dynamic environments thank you and that's how the world was supposed to work but they didn't add this into the game that's why people are saying that the uh, the maelstrom or something like that DLC the future looks like they're trying to add that within the game because it wasn't added in the original because it just didn't work they're not Bethesda it just can't work if you're not Bethesda. Yep. So, like, so in at E3 2017, Bioware announced that Anthem would launch in fall 2018, but be- behind the scenes, they had barely implemented a single mission. That's right. Go grind. Oh, my <laughs> lord. Uh, and whew, back at the studio, there was, like, they, they split it up into derogatory terms of, like, A-team, B-team, and C-team. Opinions may have varied on which was which, but in general, A-Team referred to the original Bioware, the office in Edmonton, responsible for Dragon Age and the Mass Effect trilogy. A couple thousand miles southeast was B-Team in Austin, Texas, that was founded to make Star Wars the Old Republic. Um, And then the C-Team, usually referred to as Montreal, the ill-fated studio behind Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. And didn't... I was like, that's what anybody Wait. was saying though, like, oh, like the team, like, you know, the team that. So made it, that it was, was actually true. those three teams that were slowly just dragged in together to be like, all right, guys, we gotta. I thought Mass Effect one through three were made by a Canadian. They were Edmonton unit, and then Andromeda. Oh, oh Edmonton's. In, yeah, okay. Edmonton's yeah. in Canada. Sorry, Andromeda was made by a whole other, whole another studio. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, a whole another, yeah, team. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think the original team would have done it justice. So, so we are at 8:30. We we probably have to have to get off. Um, sorry uh, about an una- uh, inability to go later. We just had a lot going on. Uh, but this, if you do get the chance, go check out Bioware's uh, written response. Go check out Kotaku's actual expose on it. Go check out. I would really suggest look at Jim Sterling's stuff. He's been following the Anthem stuff. Very closely. Young yeah. Uh, look, yeah. What was it? Young yeah. What is it? His YouTube channel named Young Yeah. He followed the yeah. yeah Young, he, he gives you all the articles and everything. Young right Yeah as well. Go and find this stuff because it's really it is wild and it, it shows that there is something we need to desperately change in this system. Mm, and not just for gaming companies, just for any companies that are going through the same thing right. too. This should so, never yeah. happen to anyone. Remember that, people. Oh, Remember that. Lordy. Oh, Curtis is a pixel hunt. Yeah. Uh, You're welcome. Looks like we've solved the problem. All right, guys, time to head home. Uh, But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, If you like what you heard, you can find us on SoundCloud. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, like, subscribe, share, do whatever you want. Thank you so much for listening in. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you. Have a lovely evening.